Hello, I'm Karis. And I'm Rachel. And together we are the Therapy Sisters podcast, where we invite you to come home to yourself. We are therapists, sisters, and works in progress. Do you have a success story of overcoming something challenging in your life? We want to hear from you. Please email your story to thetherapysisters at gmail.com to be included in our regular installment of Own Your Story. We want to encourage fellow female journeyers with stories of success and growth. We want to note that although we are clinical therapists, this podcast is not a replacement for individual therapy and we are not here to give clinical advice. Please see our show notes for recommendations of therapists in your area. Hi, this is Karis with the Therapy Sisters, and we have a special invitation for you. In today's episode, Rachel and I are talking about relationships, and specifically about female relationships. And we talk about how as we grow into adulthood and start our own families, it becomes increasingly difficult to find genuine connection with people, people that we can be real with, that we feel accepted by for all the parts of who we are. And so one thing that is an absolute value to us in starting this podcast is to help women understand that they are not alone in the things that we all kind of struggle with. And that's that's a big aspect of why we are doing this. And so as a part of that, and a part of staying aligning with that mission and that vision for our podcast, we are starting a Facebook group. This group is designed to be a place of support, a place of community, a place of connection. And eventually, Rachel and I will offer all kinds of education and tips and resources and tools in the journey of coming home to ourselves in all the areas that we've discussed, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, and the relational. And so we want to invite you ladies to be a part of this community. Sorry, boys, this is a girls only club. So if you're male and you're listening to this, this is not for you. Tune out and tune back in when the episode actually starts. But we want to invite all the ladies who are listening to come be a part of this community with us. Let's step into our authenticity together and let's support each other in our journeys. We're so excited. We hope you will join us. You'll be able to find a link in our show notes to our group. You can also find a link on our Instagram page at the underscore therapy underscore sisters and on our Facebook page at the Therapy Sisters podcast. We hope to see you there. The group is called the Authentically You Sisterhood. Thanks so much. Karis, would you like to uh, recap our last few episodes? I mean, I guess our last episode. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, for Rachel, yes. I would very much like wonderful, to do that. Wonderful. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> mm-hmm, of course. There, there's nobody so, else in the room to ask. So I decided to ask you. It's pretty much me. Pretty <laughs> much you. Defaults to me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we've been talking about uh, the makings of a woman. And so, um, you know, just in our initial kind of podcast coming into uh, the series and introducing this topic, we talked about, you know, the the different aspects of what makes you who you are. So Mm -hmm. going back to the wheel of identity, uh, which you can find in our earlier uh, episodes in the show notes, I think our first one, right? We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Just all the things that make you who you are, what that shape the way that you see the world and how you interact with your world and and those kinds of things. But then even beyond that, kind of breaking it down into four aspects of our personhood. And so we've been talking about those four places, those four things are physical, emotional, spiritual, and relational. So we've touched on physical, emotional, and spiritual in our previous podcasts. And today we're going to be talking about relational. And there's so much that this could cover. Um, under this umbrella, because we have a lot of different 
types of relationships, but for our purposes today, we want to look at the female relationships and, and specifically friendship and how that kind of changes over lifespan and, and how we arrive to kind of this place in adulthood that Rachel and I see a lot in our practice of just utter loneliness and feeling like isolated and that sort of thing. So we just kind of want to yeah. validate that experience and talk about just the evolution of friendship over a woman's lifespan. Yeah. As always, we start with kind of our personal story. So Rachel, tell us yours. What's your story around relationships and friendships? Yeah. So this is something that Karis and I, I think differ greatly in, in our upbringing, like in our childhood. Um, we moved to Kansas when I was seven and you were 10, 11, 11, 11. 11. Yep. Um, and for me, I mean, I don't remember having friends in Michigan, but I remember having connection to our grandparents. Like we went to my, our grandparents on Sundays after church and spent the afternoons with them. So that was a connection for me in a relationship that was really nice. And then we moved away and it didn't happen anymore because we lived a thousand miles away. So um, it's interesting to me how our parents recall this for me um, as I got older because I thought I had better friends in high school, but it's interesting, like even even in the last few years, like mom and dad have commented about, man, your friends are awful in high school. And it's so funny oh, because wow. I thought I thought they were really good friends, but part of me wonders if they were really good friends was the reason was because I was a really good friend and I allowed them to treat me not well. So um, when I was younger, I mean, still, I was super, super, super loyal, right? Um, and I think when I was really little, I would I would be friends with anybody who'd be friends with me. You know, there wasn't like a criteria of what I was looking for because I was little. Um, but I just never really felt like I belonged. Um, in second grade, I we, we'd moved there uh, in second grade and I wanted to fit in so badly. And these two girls um, said if I wanted to be in the cool group, I had to teeter-totter with no hands, which again, no cause and effect, my brain was not developed. So I did. <laughs> and I ended up falling and having like a huge goose egg like the first, I don't know, the very beginning of my school year. Um, I remember that. It was yeah. massive. Did was, you fall or did they do something mean like hop off or something funky I like that? I think they that? hopped off and I went, boom. Yeah, yeah I think they hopped off yeah. and I went, boom. So, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like if it had been a little bit over, they said something about my eyesight would have been would have been hurt or ruined or something. It was a long time ago. I have to ask mom the mm -hmm. details. But um, but I just I didn't think about it. I'm like, okay, these people like me and they if I want to fit in with these cool girls, I still remember their names, which I actually became friends with them later, which is funny. Um, then I have to do this thing and I did and I still wasn't the cool girl. I mean, I got a card from everyone in my class except for those two girls. I got my first rose from a boy. Wow. But I wasn't the cool girl. Like I I still didn't really fit. Now I was the girl who got noticed for having the big bump on her head, right? And who so, wants to be that girl? Right, right. I think I managed it pretty well at seven, but yeah, like thinking back on that, like my daughter's eight, like how terrible I would feel, right? I remember to, go ahead, what were you going to say? I was just say, and as a mom, how angry I would be. Yeah. And I don't remember yeah. what, I, I'm pretty sure our mom was pretty mad. I pretty can remember. Sure. I can vaguely yeah. remember that, but like yeah. just how pissed yeah. I would be yeah. <laughs> that yeah. somebody intentionally did that to my kiddo yeah anyway, yeah that's just a side and note. and I I remember I don't remember what the circumstances were but I remember there was one morning I was crying because I didn't want to go to school and mom was really upset too like for me like I think she was I don't think she was crying but I think she was emotional like I'm sorry we have to go to school and like you know and I knew it was because I didn't have friends right mm -hmm. so in high school it got a little bit better like we were really involved in youth group and I had two best friends but if they chose boyfriends, those became more important than me. Like 
wouldn't talk to me or if they picked a really like not good guy and I made a comment like I was the one who was outed you know it just it just wasn't just kind of a placeholder I was yeah yeah Yeah. um so I was also the best friend to the boys right which nobody wants to be so (laughs) it was one of those things that felt like kind of deflating you know like they would tell me everything and they would want to hang out with me um, but they never wanted to date me and then everyone asked me to prom And so um, I was also really um, super insecure and shy. So like I didn't put myself out there around boys and I didn't put myself out there in relationships, I think because I was afraid of rejection, you know. So in college, I continued to struggle. I think I thought college was going to be like this fresh start and I was super excited. And there were lots of nice girls on my dorm my first year, but I still battled with the like, I kind of felt like an outsider. I didn't feel like I really fit. I felt like a lot of girls, a lot of girls were so petty and rude, which was such a disappointment. I thought it would be different. Yeah. And I just had my trust broken. Like people said things behind my back and um, like lied about me. And I just, I remember my junior year of college, I had um, a roommate and a sweet mate. And I don't even remember why they were mad at me. Oh, I was in a leadership position at my school and I had to report somebody for misbehavior, right? Because I was in a leadership position. So they went to the other side of my dorm like the suite and got other girls and just talked shit about me for like a month. Mm. So every day I go back to my dorm room and nobody would acknowledge me. It was terrible, terrible. It's awful. So anyway, to this day, I don't think one of the girls would still talk to me. So um, it was just devastating. And I often question myself, like what's wrong with me that like, I don't connect with people and they don't like me and I don't have the friends they have. And I think part of what was wrong was I wanted good friends in depth. And I just wasn't finding that. And I couldn't identify that at that age, right? So finally, my senior year- That was a hard thing to find across it is. lifespan. It is. Like genuine I, people who are not going to stab you in the back. Yeah. And that you can connect with and be real with. Yeah. And I think my personality, like I've always been an old soul. So I've always had that kind of longing to connect in a really deep way. But like you can't put that towards at 20. Like I didn't know what I needed. I just wanted people to be in my corner. Yeah. So finally, my senior year, I made a couple of good friends. And I remember I had my friend Emily over and we made brownies and we talked for three hours and I was so relieved. Like it was so organic and there was like depth to the conversation and I felt like she was funny and I was like, okay, this could be something. Um, And so like that's the friend that I had and to this day, like we still talk. So it's great. We're different people, but we still talk and still connect. But I also had a really serious boyfriend in college and he was my best friend. And so when that ended, I felt like I kind of plummeted into loneliness again. And that kind of goes into... um, you know, being the one without a boyfriend, being the one without a fiance. So um, later when I when I met my husband um, and got married, I mean, he is great, mm-hmm. but I still needed more, you know, like my husband can't fill my, my cup of friendship or fill my every need. And so I needed someone who really understood what it was like to be a woman, who understood my emotions, who understood my tenderness, who um, I felt known by, who had like similar struggles or life stuff because of being a female. Um, and I think these things are so vital and they're so needed. Um, I hear this all the time in my office. Like I've had sessions where I process loneliness or, I mean, I met this lady at gymnastics or I met this woman at church, but I don't know, like, should I reach out to her? Or I did reach out and didn't hear back. Do you think she doesn't like me? I don't know. And like, just like utter loneliness. Like I just am alone. Like I just am sad. I just want to have a friend I can text because I'm having a bad day and they text me back right away. And I just don't know what to do with that feeling. And, Mm -hmm. um, I wish that I could like, (laughs) I'm still virtual because of COVID, but I wish 
really that I could um, match make my clients in the waiting room. Like have this one show up at this time and this one show up at this time so they could just like start talking because they'd be great friends. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't break HIPAA. <laughs> but like I think about that, like, man, I wish that I could connect some of these people because they would really relate and um, be good for each other. But I can't. So anyway, after college, I graduated and I still felt lonely. And it really wasn't until about five years ago that I would say that I really have my tribe of women. Um, I mean, the women you like bear your soul to and you feel loved and accepted no matter what. You can ugly cry and they're just handing you more tissues or pouring you a glass of wine or showing up with flowers. Um, Connection and relationships is vital, I think, for personal growth and love and acceptance of yourself. Um, not all of my friends believe the same way I do. And it is helpful to gain perspective and process life together. I mean, even little things like, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but um, I had like a hard weekend with my daughter and I texted you. And I don't know if you remember this, but all I texted was this child. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you texted me back, we'll change the world because you're her mom. <laughs> so, I mean, just like that, right? Like the connection. I've always had that with you, but um, I think even you and I have gotten a lot closer in the last five years just through going through life together, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah. But so even, now I have... Even, you know, even though we have each other, like you also have your husband, like you still you still need more. You need friends you outside do. of your family. You, you do. Need, you know, you do. other women to connect with you do. that come from different, yep. a different unit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I have um, a really like good group of ladies they're not even friends with each other they're just my friends and um like I would fight you for them if I had to because they're mine and they and I'm theirs and that feels really good to feel you know known and seen and um just connected with so that's me in a nutshell yeah how about you Karis how about your friendships yeah yeah I I feel like making friends has always come pretty easily to me Mm -hmm. um I'm naturally more of an outgoing or extroverted person. I feel like that's changed as I've gotten older. I would say like in college, especially I was a flaming extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I've learned the value in adulthood of being alone and kind of checking in with my own needs and recharging as I, as is, as is needed. And I, for me, it's like that balance of, you know, I need a certain amount of people and then I need a certain amount of space and in, in the alone time. Anyway, Uh, But I always did kind of make friends easily. So you mentioned not remembering having a lot of friends when we lived um, in Michigan before we moved out to Kansas. And I remember my group of friends. And I was, you know, I was a few years older, so I'm sure that's a part of it. Um, And I have some memories of, like, you know, mean kids in elementary Mm -hmm. school and that sort of thing. But for the most part, I always had friends in classes. I always had, like, a little group that I could hang out with and be friends with. So um, when we moved to Kansas, it's so funny, my personality you know, our parents were like, Hey guys, we're going to move a thousand miles away. And I was like, sweet. Let's do <laughs> I was devastated. Like, I, was excited for, <laughs> I was excited for a new adventure. Like I was all about it. So it, it so happened that at pretty much the exact time that we moved there, another family that went to our church. And we've talked previously about how, like how much church was a central part of our experience. Um, but another family had moved and with a daughter, the exact same age as me. And so we had, we were instant, instant best friends. And I remember like we spent the night together. Instant friends. Yeah. We spent the night together pretty quick off the bat. And it was one of those like sleepovers where we bore our souls to each other. And she told me all of her secrets and I told her mine and your big secrets. You know, so it was just <laughs> your big 11 year old secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, awesome. yes. Well, she had some big yes. ones, but yes, some big, you know, that sort of thing. That's so, awesome. um, 
so we were friends and I was able to start middle school. I, this is another thing I was stoked about. Like I got to start middle school in sixth grade and I would have had to wait till seventh grade to be in junior high had we stayed in Michigan. It's a big, so that it's a big success. Really cool. Yeah, for sure. It was a big deal. <laughs> big deal. I knew I was emotionally ready for the junior high experience. Of course right? you did. And so moving to Kansas gave me that opportunity. That's probably why we moved because mom and dad were like, I think she's ready for this. <laughs> I think so. I think that was it. The main reason. Um, in any case, um, so yeah, so we, we were friends. I don't remember much about sixth grade, but that friend, that friend group grew over time. And in seventh grade, I met, um, probably the person that became my very closest friend throughout like all of high school. And we're actually still in touch now and everything. Um, but then we had this, so which is so cool. It is cool. But we had a very intimate relationship, like emotionally intimate relationship where we just were really close and really like there's a lot of depth there. I think we were kindred spirits in a lot of ways. But then beyond that, we had our bigger group of about, you know, five to seven girls, give or take, that would hang out and do stuff together and just be so silly and goofy. I, I have downstairs in my basement this um, this book that I made. I think like in eighth grade, we had so many code words for things. Every boy that we had a crush on, which we were all so stupidly boy crazy. Every boy we had a crush on, we had nicknames for. Um, and so the whole book is a key. That's it's awesome. a key to like all the, all the boys I could think of that we had had crushes on and their nicknames, all of our substitute swear words because we were good <laughs> Christian little middle schoolers and we, we didn't swear, but we had substitute words. Some of them, some of them were like really stupid and obvious, like asphalt. And, uh, I can't think of any others right now. Help, I, I hope my kids help. do that. And I find it someday. <laughs> I hope they do that. <laughs> It was amazing. So I was had, I was was so fortunate all through high school. I had a solid group of friends. I had, um, just really like, I was actually reflecting on this over the last week. I think high school is the last time. (laughs) This is really sad to say because I was a child then, but high school is the last time I've really had super deep, connected, Mm. authentic friendships. Yeah, it's a, what a sad statement, right? A long time. And not that I don't have friends now, and I will get to that, but just I have never else, in, I've never at another time in my life experienced relationships yeah. with that level. Like we would say, we would have these really deep conversations. And for me, that's a way that I really connect with people. And so that, and, and it just so happened that for several of my friends in that group, that was the way they also connected. And so it always just felt very close and and intimate, really intimate. Sure. And, you know, we would even say, we would be in a certain mood and we would say, let's have a deep conversation. And we would just kind of dive in. And it was so beautiful and so wonderful. And actually, side note, it's kind of cool. That friend that was my very first friend um, when we moved to Kansas actually reached out to me and uh, others in, that were in our group. And um, we now have a group text and we're actually going to plan a trip uh, this fall. You need to, to take the code book with you. Take the code book. I totally <laughs> And then you can talk in I all totally your code words. You'll be like, what an asphalt. Yeah, yes, <laughs> help, help. Yes. Oh my gosh, that guy's totally going to help. With the help? <laughs> They're going to be like, do you need help? <laughs> it's amazing. It's going to be amazing. Yes, it will. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it was just a really, I mean, even in like, I think we were all in advanced English together our sophomore year of high school. And we had to do this assignment where we had to record like an old school radio show. We had a couple plays in our textbook that we could choose from. And then we had to make a commercial. 
And we had so much fun doing this. We came up with this bazooka commercial where like the aliens were invading earth to get bazooka bubble gum. And the role for a couple of us was to just do bazooka. bazooka <laughs> I think I remember this. And I was like the aliens. <laughs> and, like, Susie couldn't like, she could not keep it together. She just had to like bury her face in the pillow and laugh through the entire thing. But we had so much fun with that. that we then started making our own just because just for fun commercials and shows like, we would record them with sound effects and all of that. So just, just crazy, silly stuff. And we just had a great time. So I went to college and same thing. I told my, our mom had always said that college, she hated high school and college was like the best years of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, until we came along, Clearly. obviously, but, um, <laughs> or she would probably say until she met our dad, but, um, had a great experience. And so my expectation going in was, I have all these amazing friends. I'm just going to continue to build on that. Yeah. And I just didn't quite find that mm-hmm. in college. There were some good connections, but I felt like my friendships were way more transient than they were in high school. Um, like every year I had like a different group or a different couple of friends that I hung out with. And it just, the connections didn't come quite as easily. And I'm not sure entirely why. Yeah. It just was a different, yeah. a different experience. <clears throat> um. So, you know, and then graduate high school or graduate college and get married right away. And then I think like it's been adulthood. We've, we've had several moves and so we've had to make new friends in different places and we've always been able to do that, but it's, it's a challenge, a different kind of challenge in adulthood. And we'll kind of, we're going to talk about that a little bit today when it comes to having friendships in adulthood, kind of the mechanics of that, the challenges um, inherent in that. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit of my story. I've been, I've, I've been fortunate to have a rich kind of experience, especially in my childhood yeah. and adolescence. Along Which the is so important line. in those formative years, you know, and it shapes like your views about yourself too, right? And your, some of your worth, right? Absolutely. Because I think a lot of my... And I think that's why... No, I was just saying, I think that's why I was able to have a pretty intact self-esteem. Yeah. Like I had really yeah. good connections. I knew who I was within that group. Where like mine really struggled for a long time. And I think the narrative was kind of what can you do for me? Like if you're a good friend to me, mm-hmm. um, which like I still am the good friend. I still am the person who everyone tells their stories to at the grocery store. Like that's just kind of how I am. Right. And so I think um, when you don't know to have a voice or have boundaries again, I just like took it because I liked me. I fell on the teeter-totter, right? So I think there are so... Well, they liked you for what... They liked you when they needed you or when you had a purpose to serve for them. And I think that I... Then I stayed in relationships like that because that's all I knew. I didn't know it could go both ways in the way that I needed. Um, And I think it formed the belief too that I was needy if I had needs because I took everybody else. So if I voiced something and it was an inconvenience, that just communicated that there was something wrong with me, Right. Which I had to undo all that in my own therapeutic process. Like, I'm great the way I am, but I had to work through it, right? Um, And I I think there's a difference between, I've had this conversation recently with a couple of different of my clients. Like, it's okay, it's okay to need connection with people. I think that's natural. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs, needs that. But you also, there's a distinction between needing connection and needing people to validate your worthiness. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think, I think the more you grow as a person and the more you kind of come into your own and understand like just your, just your intrinsic value, like you were born with value because you are a person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and honoring yourself and a lot of the ways that we've talked about in our previous episodes, um, that positions you then to, 
get the benefits of really of of friendships without putting the pressure of expectation that they're going to complete you or give you worth or value. Yeah, and I will add to that too that I think the healthier you become, the healthier people you attract to. Right? Like Absolutely. the healthier you are, the healthier like there are people I meet now that I know I cannot be your friends because I know that you would suck the life out of me yeah. and I don't have the emotional capacity or space with my job and my family to do that, right? So can't be your friend or can't be your friend on a deep level yeah, too. Yep. 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 So there are so many kinds of relationships that we want to focus on friendship and how female friendships change over time, especially into adulthood. So before I had kids, I had a, I had a lot of friends like, um, cause again, I was a good friend. So I had a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people I do coffee with, a lot of people that would fill me in on their life and tell me what they're, what they're going through. And, um, I think I shared parts of myself, but not like I do now. Um, and that was okay because I had more time and space um, and I still, I, I, I could make, I could create space for that. I could be on the phone for an hour at night when I got home because I didn't have a family who needed me. My husband is self-sufficient or he wouldn't be home yet, you know? And so I, I just, I still didn't have friends that like fed my soul. And I think part of it too is, you know, I had a few good friends, but they were at a really different stage of life. So they had children who were 10 years old and I had none. And so what they were able to give me in the beginning shifted as our kids got older um, and so they, it just hurt, like it just hurt. And I would try talking about it and they would say, I'm sorry, it's just my stage of life, which even that, like, I don't think that that's how I would respond. I think I would say, I'm sorry, how can I, like, how can I friend you better? Or here's where I'm at or whatever. So I just kind of accepted that, like, okay, this is the reality of what it is. Right. Um, and so I just often felt frustrated and again, felt like I'm putting all this effort in and not getting anything in return. And I remember, I remember feeling that like, early in our marriage and before I had kids, like just kind of that, like, I guess emptiness of, of that part. Like there was just part of me that just needed that, you know? So after kids, I had less time and less emotional capacity and space for people, but I really needed good female friends. And, um, I really needed depth. Like I really needed depth. I needed someone who understood. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I needed connection and validation. I needed permission to be, (laughs) you know, especially as a, a new mom, like you, I mean, I had you, right. But um, it, it was just, I needed, I needed more. And so I needed, I needed to be able to say no and have boundaries and be supported in that. Like you need to stay home tonight. Awesome. I hope you get good rest. Can we reschedule? I needed that without the pressure of like you being guilted that I couldn't, you know? Right. And so, um, my best friend now is someone that I have been through all the things with, um, which I think is part of what's made us kind of each other's person and going through, um, like she had a baby at 26 weeks. Right. And, um, I've gone through significant loss and, and heartache and things that she's just been there for me. Um, and, and so, um, to me, like I needed someone who would show up at the hospital, take my kids if I needed, which has happened. Like there's a time I got a tummy bug and my husband had to, had a, had a gig and he had to be somewhere and she and her husband came and took care of my kids, like put themselves at risk to get a tummy bug because I couldn't get off the floor. Like we'll be there. What time can we be there? And so, I stayed in my room the whole time and slept and her husband came and then she came and released him as soon as she got out of work. Like they just take care of me and I would take care of them. Um, or like, you know, you have a bad day and you're texting and the next thing you know, there's coffee and a flower on your front porch. Like just little things that show you that I'm in this with you and I care. I could cry thinking about it. So, hmm, so good. So I've just gained a couple of more friends. Um, and I feel like my friendship cup is so full now. And that feels like such a gift to this stage of life because it's so needed, you know, it's so needed. And so I think when we're kids, you know, I think our stories are different because you had that bout of, um, you had that bout of like confidence and like 
maybe maybe part of it is to a developmental stage like what you had in Michigan and then you moved to Kansas and you were in a different stage of life than I was in but like you know when your kids like you need silliness and you need interaction you need fun and you need like little kids are like my kids are they're like when they get together it's just loud they're just laughing and goofing around and you know my son's throwing things at each other and playing with the ball my daughter's giggling and doing makeup like there isn't like depth in conversation a whole lot and then as you get older and, and you have and you have common um, connections, right? So like we said, like we grew up in the church. So my common connection was youth group. But a lot of people are sports or or musical plays right. or um, or different things like that. And so I think as you get older, the need is more, but the av- ability or the availability to meet people is so much harder. And it's a lot more vulnerable. There's a lot more access. access to yeah, friends. like there's a lot there's more no, on your plate. Yeah, there's not as much to connect, just naturally yeah. connect you. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's almost rare too where you, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when I've taken my kids to gymnastics and I'm sitting in the waiting room listening to all the moms talk, I'm, I kind of am like, I don't need to make friends here or this, these aren't the, these aren't my people, you know? And so I think even that, if you don't have friends and you're listening for that and you're like, Oh, I, I don't even connect with these people. Um, it's just hard to kind of figure that out. And I think it's just more of a, of a need now than it's ever been before. So, yep. yeah. And I think, you know, into adulthood, I think, I think like you were saying, the earlier years, you have those natural kinds of connections. And when you become a parent, you have those again, a little bit. Um, but we get, we, we get so in our heads and we get so, so for lack of a better word, shy, maybe self-conscious about reaching out to new people. I mean, I think so many people are just fearful of rejection, fearful of, you know, I have so many people say, like, I'm so lonely. Okay, well, who could you who could, mm-hmm. who could you reach out to? Who could you connect to? I don't know, like this person, but I don't I don't know if she if she even has noticed me or likes me or if we'd be compatible. And you don't know until you try. Right? And, and you know what else you don't is know until you try. And so you know, what's interesting about that too. Um, like that person is probably thinking the same thing. I don't know if they're going to like me. Exactly. And then that, I hear that all the time. And then that, like, then nobody makes the effort. And really the reality is you're both a little bit insecure and anxious. Right. And you could really bond in that. Like, I've been waiting for a friend, but it just holds you back, right? Yeah, right. So, like, I think there's that awkward in between time after college, you know, when you're, when you graduate college and you're in your, like, young adulthood and you don't have that connecting point of, like, having children who are in the same class as somebody else who seems cool or whatever. Um, and then, you know, then it, a lot of people find friendships through work because that's what most of our lives lives consist of. And it's just a lot harder. Um, and somebody needs to do a good app, a f- good friend finding app. I know there are a couple like Bumble friends or Bumble, whatever, but there's just so much to slog through there that makes it challenging or meet up. I think, you know, where you can, you can, um, connect with people with similar interests. But in any case, um, it's just a lot more challenging. And so I mentioned that we had moved a few times and every time we moved, we made the effort to get to know, like to find some couples. But the challenge with that is like, you both have to kind of like the other, each member of the couple and they both have to kind of like you. Yeah. Yes. So we had a couple instances where like, where like we like one of them a little bit more than the other one, or we don't like one of yeah. you know, one of them, and so we don't want to hang out with them, you know, and that sort of thing. And so it, it is. Oh, isn't that so hard? Yes, that is so tricky. Or like you really connect with the wife, or like do you ever had that? Like I really kind of connected the wife, and my husband was like, "You could tell you just hung out with them for me," and I'm like, "I can't make you do that." Yes, or that <laughs> did not like the husband, or yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, so that piece of it, but we, when we moved back to Michigan, uh, 10 years, 10 and a half years ago now, um, you know, I've, I've told that part of my story when our kids were super little. Um, I think like for a couple of years, I was just in this weird place of like, <laughs> kind of like that, that, uh, sleepwalking place of just trying to get yeah, through yeah. like the, the, yeah days with little, little children. And I was dealing with my own kind of like identity crisis trauma. And so like that just wasn't, and, and when we moved back immediately, we lived in the same town as you and Trina, our youngest sister. So I had you guys. And I think I tried to connect. I tried to click into like your group, friend group, but just didn't feel that connection. Just didn't like, there was nobody that I really like mm -hmm. really jived with or was on like a... I didn't either back then. They were just the group we hung out with. <laughs> yeah. It just, there wasn't like that same thing. I didn't either. I'm friends with one of those people now. Yeah. Yeah. That same thing that I was looking for, that depth of connection, I just wasn't able to find there. And then we moved over to the town that we live in now about, you know, 40 minutes away from where you are. And, um, once our son started kindergarten, I told my husband, I'm like, we, I really want to put down roots here. I really yeah. want to like build connections. Mm -hmm. So let's pay attention to who he's kind of, let's pay attention to who he, he seems to align with. And then let's just kind of see. And so we reached out to a couple of families that he was good friend, you know, who had boys that he was good friends with. And that's where we started. And, you know, one of those families we're still friends with, I think pandemic, um, you know, has made it difficult to stay connected, but like, yeah. we're still friends with them. Um, and, you know, so I've just been kind of in this place. I think I had this conversation with you a couple of years ago, Rachel, about how like it feels to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is just my own, this is just my perspective and my lens through which I kind of experience these things. But it feels to me that like, if I'm going to connect with people, it's always up to me. If I'm going to like make friends, if I'm going to, if there's going to be a girl's night, like I'm usually the one spearheading these things. Yep. And that at times have, has gotten really exhausting. Like sure. somebody, somebody else reached out to me, dang it. You yeah. know? And yeah. I, I had an interesting, I had an interesting kind of aha moment when, um, one of those families that we connected with when my son was in kindergarten, like we would ask them to get together quite frequently and they would always say yes. There was never a time they turned us down, but they never asked us. It was, mm -hmm. they never, they never came to us. And so after a while I felt like, well, I don't know if they really like us. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they say yes all the time, but like, there's no reciprocity there in terms of like trying to build a, a, a connection. So I just stopped asking. And then a couple of years later, when I was like going about efforts to really establish a girl, a good girl group, I re-engaged with this mom and she ended up telling me that she had just horrible debilitating anxiety mm. and was incapable of reaching out and thanked me for reaching out Aww. to her. And at that moment I was like, okay, like maybe that is my role then maybe like, mm -hmm. like you said, Rachel, like insecurities or whatever anxiety, social anxiety, whatever keeps people from taking that step. It but does. that doesn't mean they don't want those connections. And maybe they even want it more desperately than you do, but they, cause they can't reach from that place right. of desire. And so I just kind of, I, I had a, like a renewed sense of like, okay, you know what? If somebody's got to be at the center of this, it can be me. I, yeah. I'm good at organizing things. I'm good at connecting. Let me just do this. Yeah. And I yeah. felt like I had gotten into a good rhythm with a good group of ladies. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. The pandemic. And I, yes. The pandemic. And uh. I feel like 
I feel like for me, I've just been realizing lately, there's a psychologist that coined this term in relationship to the pandemic called languishing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not like quite a depression, but it's like just languishing, like just kind of being in this like holding pattern where relationships just don't quite look the same. And I feel like there's this new anxiety now coming out of the pandemic now to reach out again and to start, Mm -hmm. you know, reestablishing some of those friendships. And so that's, that's the challenge that I'm in now where I'm like, I really, I'm feeling like the loss of those, those connections. I'm also feeling like that sense of withdrawal. Like there's just not a lot of energy there. And so like figuring out how to navigate that now, as things are starting to move back into a little bit more of a a normal direction. Mm -hmm. But I would say I have a couple of ladies now also Um, I don't think we're quite at the level that you and, you know, your friends are, Rachel, but that I feel like are definitely like my girls. Like, Mm -hmm. even when we don't talk for a while, Mm -hmm. when we do reconnect, it's easy to pick up. I know that either of them would do anything for me, Mm -hmm. and I have done, you know, I have tried to show up for them as well. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think... I think we're on our way, but I also think, like, going back to what we talked about with the emotional piece, Mm -hmm. like, vulnerability and really owning like the ugly parts or not owning the ugly parts of myself, but really sharing those parts with other people is not something that comes easily for me. So I think when it comes to establishing friendships in adulthood though, that you do need to be a little bit picky about who you open up parts of yourself to, um, because not everybody is safe and not everybody is healthy or capable of, of handling some of those things. Um, well, I think that part about vulnerability though, mm -hmm. um, when you do find the safe person and you and you communicate that or you share that and you're met with like acceptance and love, like that is such a good place to be. And you can't you can't experience it if you don't try. Mm-hmm. But you know, but I think I think part of what is tricky too is um, like a lot of I don't know if you hear this a lot, but I hear like how do I know if they're friendship material? Like how do I know what I'm looking for or how do I know they're not going to hurt me? And I think it's I think of it kind of like dating, you know. Like if you go on a first date and somebody talks about themselves the whole time or talks like crap about everybody else the whole time, pretty That's good indication that you're not, yeah, you're not probably the best person for me. So um, to give you an example, when I decided to go out with my current BFF, FFF, um, we went to breakfast and it was very much like a first date. Um, and as we were talking, I mean, it was so funny, like looking back, like we were kind of reserved, like, so what made you move to Jackson and how long have you been married? And she's also a therapist. Like, what made you decide to be a therapist? Which to me are honestly kind of surfacey questions, yeah. you know? But that's a place to start. Um, but it's, yeah. And I was like way pregnant, like seven months pregnant. <clears throat> so, you know, like it was like an t- interesting timing. But um, she had just moved from another state and had married her husband and she didn't have a lot of friends here. And so she was kind of in the same spot of like, I really need some friends, you know? And so um, we interacted and she, I think, got my phone number or something and texted me and said, I think I made a joke about how I think, I'm pretty sure we could be a BFFs because she was like super funny. And so she texted and said, what would you think about trying out that BFF theory? And I'm like, okay. But I felt really nervous. I'm like, I don't know. Like kind of that same inhibition of like, what if it doesn't work out? Or what if it's not a good fit? And so um, she essentially, she essentially had a DTR relationship or discussion with you to find the relationship. Let's be, yes. She did. <laughs> she did. She pursued me. She pursued me. Yeah, she did. So I just said yes. Um, so anyway, so we went to breakfast. And as we were talking, I could just kind of tell we had some similar values, like um, how we valued people, how we valued our children and our marriages and the work that we did, which to me are core things, right? So, um, and she's, 
listened well and she was really open and I could tell she was hearing what I was saying. And, um, uh, she didn't talk negatively about others and she shared what felt like, I mean, this sounds kind of funny, but like she shared enough with a boundary, which was also information for me. Like, okay, she has some healthy boundaries as to what she, because again, if some, if I hang out with somebody for the first time and they're dishing their whole life to me, I might get a little overwhelmed. <laughs> so, um, well, and yeah, and that is a boundary indication. It is. Absolutely. Right? So then as time went on, you know, we started talking a little more and then, um, we ended up introducing our families because at that point we also didn't have any really couple friends. Um, and even little things like my daughter was really afraid of men. I don't know why. Like I think it was the big voice and her husband, um, works with children and he brought her a present the first time he came over. And like not done, he's like, hi, Eden. And like talked to her and interacted with her. And then, you know, our husbands hit it off. And so like to this day, like there are people like every birthday we go out for hours and spend time together. And, and it's a little bit more far and few in between because they have some older kids that are at a different stage of life and then they had a younger kid. But um, but you could just tell. And then as things went on, you know, they went through a crisis and they called us and we dropped everything and flew to the hospital and we're there with them. And, um, you know, like, my friend is very strong. And so to process like insecurities and fears with her just made our relationship stronger. And then when I processed my own processes with her and I'm out with like such acceptance and love, um, that's been stronger too. And so another example, I have another friend who's very different than me. Um, and she, I met at dance class and we just hit it off. Like she's very outgoing. Like she's got mil millions of friends. Um, you've met her, you know, all my friends, she's amazing. But, um, there, there, there have been conversations about kind of where I am as far as a priority in her life because she has so many friends. And even in that, the response, even if at first was like uncomfortable, like, I don't know what to tell you. She's always come back around and said like, I'm sorry. I just want you to know you're my person. Like, and I'm sorry that I've hurt you. But even with that, like there's some, every friendship looks different. She's one of my best friends. I tell her everything but it just looks different because she has more people in her corner where my other friend, I'm her person. So I think that's okay too. Like you have friends for different things and they meet needs in different ways. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's a good way to kind of tell like kind of walking through people's qualities and how they talk about people. And, and if you connect, like even little things like, are you funny? Cause, cause funniness to me is important. And I think too, like don't force it if it doesn't work there will be somebody else. Like, don't force it for the sake of having a friend, you know? You wouldn't force a marriage for the sake of a marriage when you met somebody. Like, you'd make sure you like the guy, right? <laughs> right, hopefully. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. So ta in talking about, like, how to know, like, where flags, I've had a couple of, of situations, you know, in my adult life as I've been trying to navigate the friendship landscape where I've just encountered kind of mean girls. Yeah. Yes. Like, like I never really had that experience much in high school or even college, but like there's this one, uh, situation, I think like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't long before we moved into our house here, um, where our kids were super little, where we were trying to get connected back into a church. And so we tried to connect to some other people and there are two couples that hung out all the time and we're like, oh, they seem really cool. Let's like, let's have them over. Let's try to go out. We clicked a little more with one of the couples than the other. So we did a couple of things with them, you know, on the side. And I think that felt like a threat to the wife of the other relationship because then when we would have everyone over, get together all together, she was very intentionally exclusive of me. Like it was very apparent. And I would even ask my husband, I'm like, okay, is this my, I remember this. this, right? I remember this. Is this my, something? What the yeah. heck? I would uh -huh. say things yeah. that just were just so, there's no other way to interpret them. And so like, 
after, you know, we gave it a couple of, of shots. And I think if there were people that we knew better or felt like a deeper connection to, I might've had a conversation, but I think it was, it was just in the, the infant, like the friendship was in its infancy. And so I think for me, that was like, I don't need to, I don't need to be friends with you then yep. if this is how you're yep. going to treat me. Um, and so there was that. And then there've been a couple other things. And I think one of the, one of the things for me that I've, I've come to learn and that I tell people a lot is that it's not always about you mm -hmm. when somebody has a negative response yep. to you or, mm -hmm. you know, responds in a way that feels unfair. Yeah. Um, and like, because I'm a pe I've always been a kind of more of a people yeah. pleaser and that sort of thing. It's, it's hard not to take those things personally, but you know, I, I think I've come to learn that, you know, if, if somebody's going to respond that way, or like, let's say somebody, I had another friend like just, and this is so dumb. I hate social media for this reason. Like I noticed after a while that she had unfriended me from Facebook <laughs> and I was just like, what did I what do? I ever do to you? Did, I've only ever been so oh nice to you. I've tried yep. to include Happened you to and too. invite you into things. Yeah. And okay. You yeah. know, but yeah. I just, at that point I was like, you know what? I don't know what's going on. But I don't have to know. Well, like, and if, if there's an issue that you have with me, you can yeah. come to me. If you can't come to me, then that's set. Then yep. you're not my person. Well, and I think you know? going back, like the way someone responds is information for you to make a decision about, right? Without owning it, right? So like, yeah. it's one thing to be like, did I contribute? And if I did, I'm going to own that. If I didn't, I, your your behaviors Absolutely. give me all I need to know. That this is not going to be a healthy friendship, so I can let that go. I think people do personalize that right. instead of looking at like, do I want this? Like, would I be? Am I okay with somebody who outs me or like? is rude to me at my own home. Like, right. especially when you're right. in a place where like you really just need friends. Right. So I think it goes back to like always listening to your intuition and, and what you're noticing because it is information for you and you have value and worth to decide if that's going to work it or is. not. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's very self-respecting and self-loving to say, yeah. okay, well that doesn't really align with how I would treat people. And so I, I'm not going to put myself in a position to be treated that way. Yep. So, um, it's tricky to navigate and it's hard in adulthood and we just want to like acknowledge that and validate yeah, that. And so we hard. still are figuring all of that out. Um, and you know, our youngest sister had a, a friendship situation recently with somebody that she thought was like going to be her best friend till death. Yeah. And this person just kind of ghosted her and she was reaching out and talking to us about it. And, you know, I said, <laughs> I said, Friends will come and go, but sisters are forever because at least I have you guys, you oh, know, like oh, at we're least so fortunate. we are so, so, so fortunate in that. Um, so there's, there's that, but when it comes to finding friendships in adulthood, it's a matter of like figuring out what fills your personal bucket. What do you need? What do you like? Maybe you don't need somebody to, sh to show up with coffee and a flower if you're having yeah, maybe a bad you don't. day. Maybe that's just me. I'm a two. Else. I'm just a two. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yes. Yep. That's how you feel loved. Yeah. So knowing yourself and knowing what you need in those relationships. And then I would just say like, get out there, mm -hmm. make that call, you know, introduce yourself. I know it's terrifying. I know it's mm -hmm. scary. I know it's vulnerable. And there is always, there is always the potential for rejection. There's yep. always the potential for hurt, but that's true in any human relationship. And I think the, I think the benefits outweigh the risks as far as like, getting yourself into a position where you can start making some of these yeah. connections. And so I guess 
you were going to say something, Rachel. Well, I was going to say, and if you notice patterns in yourself of insecurity or anxiety, it probably would be a good thing to work through with a therapist so that you are able to be open to yes. friendships, right? Or if you're noticing patterns where yeah. people aren't connecting with you because maybe you are anxious or maybe you do over talk or you have struggle. I think it's important to work through those things so you can also be a good friend and make good friends, right? Absolutely. So if you're noticing some of those patterns in yourself, it's never too late to work on them to become healthier and better, right? So, it never yeah. is. It never is. Um, so yeah, so our challenge to you, we don't really have a tool so much as just the challenge today of take one step. Maybe mm -hmm. that step is to, like when you take your kid to like whatever their event is, you hang out there instead of mm -hmm. leaving, you yeah. know, and you just yeah. kind of get a lay of the land and you see who's around you and you just notice, become an observer of those things. Or maybe you're in part, you're a part of a religious community and it's a matter of like, Hey, let's have as a family, let's have somebody over for dinner. Maybe it's, you know, connecting with that chick at work who seems cool or that mom at pickup that seems cool, whatever it is, just take that step. Because as Rachel mentioned before, I think everybody's kind of walking around with that, yeah, like yeah, insecurity so. or fear. And mm -hmm. somebody has to be the one to make that first step. Everybody has the need to connect. Everybody has it on some level, Everybody. right? In relationships yeah. with people in similar yeah. stages of life. Yep. Yeah. 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 So find your people. That's find our challenge. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our series on the four parts of a woman making a woman. Um, obviously we're way more complex and multifaceted than those four areas, <laughs> but focusing on those four areas, uh, we have found allows you to be, you know, to feel more balanced and that sort of thing. So if you haven't heard the other, the other three spiritual, emotional, and, um, physical, go back and give them a listen. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if there's anything else that we should expound upon in those areas. Cause we're happy to do so. Thanks for joining the Therapy Sisters today for our episode. We're so glad you're here. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And if you want more, please feel free to connect with us on Facebook at the Therapy Sisters Podcast, on Instagram at the underscore therapy underscore sisters, or feel free to shoot us an email at thetherapysisters at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review. We look forward to connecting again next Tuesday. Over and out. <laughs>